The Kentucky Guy here, and thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. In this report, we're going to talk about the Pentagon actually spending over $1.5 million in shooting down harmless balloons. <laughs> Amazing. We're also going to talk about the corrupt Biden administration as they encourage Congress to renew controversial new surveillance programs. Also, how great our U.S. Department of Defense is at losing track of $220 billion in equipment. You can hear this and much more on this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I am the truth seeker, your truth finder, the award-winning host, the Kentucky guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. All right, folks. So if this is your first time listening to us, basically what we do here is we talk about the current news in the world and as well as here, right here in good old US of A. We uh, talk about political, geopolitical, economical and sometimes we have amazing interviews as well. Uh, we drop new episode, two episodes a week, normally on Wednesday and Saturday. Also, for you sports fans out there, if you like wrestling, I do co-host with Donny Cage Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, you can always email me or if you have any questions for myself. You can always email me at ol Kentucky spelled out ninety nine at yahoo.com. Ol Kentucky spelled out ninety nine at yahoo.com. Also, if this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on from there. Seventy three. Different audio platforms we are on, so be sure to check us out and make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. All right, folks, so there are some headlines I'd like to go over with you all today and get back into the uh, groove of things. There are some uh, elections that happen, some different things out there going on, and I uh, want to make sure that you guys are up to date and aware with what is happening so let's get into the political, geopolitical, economic collapse news. The first headline will be <laughs> Chicago Mayor Lightfoot. You guys have heard me talk about her several times. She's horrible. Ousted. Ousted. <laughs> there will be a runoff with Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson will meet in a runoff to be the next mayor of Chicago after voters on Tuesday denied incumbent Lori Lightfoot a second term, issuing a rebuke to a leader who made the history as head of the nation's third largest city. Vallis, a former school CEO backed by the police union, and Johnson, a Cook County commissioner endorsed by the Chicago Teachers Union, advanced to the April 4th runoff 
after none of the nine candidates were able to secure over 50% of the vote to win outright. Lightfoot, the first black woman and first and first uh, openly gay person to lead the city, won her first term in 2019 after promising to end decades of corruption and backroom dealing at the city hall. But opponents blame Lightfoot for a dramatic increase in crime. Duh. This lady is so, she's so, she's evil, man. Increasing crime and criticize her as being diverse, overly conscious leader. She is the first elected Chicago mayor to lose a re-election bid since 1983. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. When Jane Byron, the city's first female mayor, lost her uh, Democratic primary. Speaking to supporters Tuesday night, Lightfoot called being Chicago's mayor an honor of a lifetime. Quote, regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fights, liar. And we put this city on a better path. Really? You lost the Chicago Bears? How do you lose the Chicago Bears? Really? That's how bad this mayor is. She lost the NFL franchise football team. I mean, come on. She told her fellow mayors around the country not to fear being bold. <laughs> At his victory party, Vallis noted that Lightfoot had called to congratulate him and asked her crowd to give her a round of applause. In a nod to his campaign promise to combat crime, he said that if elected, he would work to address public safety issues. Quote, we will have a safer Chicago. We will make Chicago the safest city in America, he said. Lightfoot's loss is unusual for mayors in large cities who have, tend, who are, who have tended to win re-election and relative ease. But it's also the sign of the turmoil in U.S. cities following the COVID-19 pandemic with its economic fallout and spikes in violent crime in many places. So this is wrong, too, because Chicago had crime right after this lady took office before COVID ever hit. And there's like a child loses their life due to murder in Chicago. The statistic was like every like every five minutes is crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Public safety has been an issue in recent elections, including the recall of the San Francisco district attorney who was criticized for progressive policies. The pandemic also may shape elections for mayor and other cities this year, as such as Philadelphia and Houston, where incumbents cannot run against due to term limit. There are clear, clear contrasts between Vallis and Johnson. Vallis served as an advisor to the uh, Fretno order of police during its negotiations with Lightfoot's administration. He has called for adding hundreds of police officers to patrol the city, saying crime is out of control and morale among officers has sank to a new low during Lightfoot's tenure. Vallis opponents have criticized him as too conservative to lead the Democratic stronghold. Lightfoot blasted him for welcoming support from the police union controversial leader who defended the January 6th interactions at the Capitol and equated Lightfoot's vaccine mandate for the city workers to be a Holocaust. <laughs> there we go. I like that guy. Johnson received about a million dollars from Chicago Teachers Union for his campaign and had support from several other progressive organizations, including United Working Families, the former teacher and union organization has argued that the answer to addressing crime is not more money, for police, but more investment in mental health care, education, 
jobs and affordable housing. And he has, and he was accused by rivals such as Lightfoot of wanting to defund the police. Huh? Well, she was, she tried to defund them and that's what got the city in this shape. Yeah. So I think that, uh, oh, let's see. Yeah. Vallis needs to win this, right? Uh, Johnson has avoided the word defund during the race and his campaign says he does not want to cut the number of police officers. But in a 2020 radio interview, Johnson said defunding is not just a slogan, but an actual real political goal. And he sponsored a non-binding resolution on the country board to redirect money from policing and jails to social services. So it sounds like to me, if they vote this guy in, this Johnson guy in, you're going to get another light foot. Just throwing that out there, you're going to get the same thing. So Chicago, you better be waking up. You better be waking up. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Next headline, please. AOC ethics investigation results. Substantial reason to believe she broke federal law. Oh, Mrs. Cortez, who faked getting arrested at an abortion rally, who is the worst, worst person in the Senate. Oh, man. Couldn't happen to a nice person. You know who this is, right, guys? AOC, you know, she's uh, Alexandra Oseca-Cortez. She's the Democrat out of New York. She uh, She's part of the clique. She's starter of the clique. Horrible person. Horrible. There is substantial reason to believe that Representative Alexandra Cortez accepted impersonable gifts from her attendants at the 2021 Met Gala, possibly in violation of federal law, according to a newly disclosed report. The progressive congresswoman has for months been facing an ethics investigation over her attendance at the event. On Wednesday, the House Committee on Ethics published a detailed report on the situation produced by a nonpartisan office of congressional ethics. While attending the gala, Ms. Cortez received several thousand dollars worth of goods and services, including a custom dress that she did not pay for until after, until after an investigation was open, according to the report. The report said that while attending the gala, Ms. Cortez received and did not pay for the following goods. And services. Here we go. Transportation from her home to the hotel. Access to a ready room at the hotel on the day of the gala, as well as the Saturday prior. Hair and makeup services. Address, handbag, shoes, and jewelry from Brother Velas. Transportation from the gala to the hotel. Her now fiance, Riley Roberts, also received a pair of shoes and a bow tie from Brother Velas for attending the event. The report said <laughs> OCE stated that Miss Cortez appears to have now paid the rental value of her attire and services she and Robert received, but raised the possibility that she may not have paid if investigators had not contacted her. The OCE referred the matter to the House Committee on Ethics in June, and the committee extended its review of the referral on December 7th. The committee noted in a press release that the extension does not itself indicate that any violation has occurred. Uh, Ms. Cordes attended the Meta Gala in September of 2021 and drew attention with her white dress 
that said, tax, tax the rich. And it was like wrote in blood, like blood red. I seen a picture of it uh, when it first happened. She's she's horrible. Uh, in a statement, Ms. Cortez legal counsel admitted delays in paying vendors for the gala cost, adding the congresswoman finds these delays unacceptable. And she has taken several steps to ensure nothing of this nature will ever happen. So this is the same lady who criticized everyone who went to the border when Trump was in office and spreaded lies that he had kids locked in cages, which was disproven. This lady also, oh my goodness, she has done so much, so much and so much harm to this country. She acted like she got arrested, as I mentioned, at a uh, abortion rally. She also is a huge supporter of fancy Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I can't, you know, and she actually is delusional enough to think that if she ran for president, she would actually get votes. That's how delusional she is. I mean, and all she is is an Instagram person. Like she wants to be a model, I guess, or she's always doing lives on Instagram, which uh supposed to be a congresswoman lady, you know. She's also the one that lied and said that her life was in jeopardy on January 6th. And come to find out, they proved that she wasn't even in a building. <laughs> she wasn't even in a building when the Capitol riots happened. But yet her life was in danger. She thought she was going to die. She was going to die. She was going to die. Yeah. Uh, you guys can tell, I'm sure, that I'm a huge, huge fan. All right. The next headline, please. Biden says, I'm going to raise some taxes in March budget proposal. Oh, Sleepy Joe. Of course you are. President Joe Biden on Tuesday uh, said that his March 9th budget proposal to the U.S. Congress will include some higher taxes, including on billionaires. But it will not violate his pledge not to raise rates on America making less than 400000 a year. Okay, so, Joe, look. I think everybody listening here would agree. You can raise you can raise taxes on us on us middle class people. We're just we're fine with that. Once we become energy independent and you get rid of this crazy inflation that we've got. So look, pal, go ahead and give us a little rate. Go ahead and give us a little tax hike. I don't care. Man, you gotta get some brains in the in the White House here and uh take care of this inflation. There's family starving. Barely making ends meet because of your stupid policies. And that's right. I said stupid because they are, because he's a stupid, very stupid, stupid man is what he is. And I know he's just a puppet. I know he's a puppet on a string and Obama and, uh, Miss Rice and all those good people, horrible people, I should say, uh, are pulling the strings, but he's still the one. He's the face of the administration. So yeah, he's a stupid, stupid man on March 9th. I'm going to lay down and detail every single thing, every tax that's out there that I am proposing. And no one making less than $400,000 is going to pay a penny more in taxes, Biden said at an audience in Virginia Beach, Virginia. <laughs> I, want to I want to make it clear I'm going to raise some taxes, the Democratic president added, before su suggesting that billionaires will be called upon to pay more. Biden, under pressure from Republicans who are threatening not to raise the U.S. debt ceiling unless he agrees to sharpening, uh, sharpen spending cuts, 
has vowed to cut the deficit <laughs> deficit by $2 trillion over the next 10 years in the upcoming budget proposal. I would love to see that proposal. I love, I would love to see that. How in the world are you going to cut the deficit by $2 trillion when you can't stop spending money to a tyranny country like Ukraine? It can't, how can you do it? During the 2020 campaign, Biden pledged not to increase taxes on people making less than $400,000. He has challenged Republicans to release their own proposals and to no negotiate over those plans rather than over whether the country should raise the debt ceiling and pay its existing bills, uh, citing possible damage to the economy from unprecedented U.S. default. Biden's remarks come in a state that Democrats regard as politically competitive. It was the latest in a series of campaign-style events designed to draw a sharp contrast with Republicans in the weeks before Biden is expected to announce <laughs> his 2024 re-election bid. I can't wait till he announces that. While Republican lawmakers have yet fully outlined or voted on their spending plans for the coming fiscal year, the White House has nonetheless seized on some past statements and proposals by members of Congress as evidence that they are hell-bent on unveiling federal health care and old-age programs popular with voters. Republicans control the House of Representatives, while Democrats control the Senate. Tuesday's event focused on government health insurance programs under Medicaid and the Affordable Health Care Act, which is also known as Obamacare. Biden has vowed to strengthen support for those and other federal programs. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngskin, a Republican, was invited to uh, greet Biden on the Tyramac outside Air Force One prior to the event and declined, <laughs> according to a person familiar with the matter. On Tuesday, Youngskin criticized Biden in a statement for visiting Virginia, but not Ohio, the site of the train derailment and toxic spill. By the way, I did read something today. If my source is correct, Biden is supposed, the reason why I'm not talking about it is because I don't have it in writing and I want to make sure that's 100% correct. But Biden is supposed to finally, too little too late, by the way, finally going to go to Palestine, Ohio, where that, uh, where that oil spill happened. Dude, why are you going now? Trump went already and now you got to go, even though everybody is putting you down the road for not going. Yeah. Yeah, you're stupid. That's all I got to say. Yuskin, who has worked to raise his political profile outside of Virginia, is sometimes mentioned as a possible candidate for his party on 2024 presidential nomination, but has not launched a campaign. Yeah, he's not. He just got the job. He just got the job. What is he? I mean, seriously. Everybody knows who the GOP leader is, and that's Trump for 2024. Democrats were disappointed. By Youngton's 2021 victory over former Governor Terry McAfee in, a, in Virginia's government race, as well successes by other Republican office seekers in the state. Biden supposedly won in 2020 by 10 percentage points. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Sleepy Joe also got 80 million votes, right? 80 million votes for Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe, 80 million votes. Even though I'm not going to leave the basement. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to kiss little babies. And yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh. Next headline. 
bipartisan group of lawmakers press Pentagon on Ukraine aid. Here we go again. Here we go again. Republican and Democrat lawmakers question Pentagon officials Tuesday over how the Department of Defense tracks the United States military assistance to Ukraine. It's about time. It's about time. We're just going on year two of this stupid war, and this is just, wow. During the House Armed Service Committee hearing, Matt Gates, who, I, who I'm a fan of, was joined by several colleagues and hammering defense officials Colin Kyle and Robert Stalk's position that U.S. aid was likely not being being misused in Ukraine. Quote, we think the Ukrainians are using properly what they've been given, said Kyle, the Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. He further insisted that the department has not seen any evidence of diversion from the U.S. assistance to Ukraine. Uh, Storch, the Defense's Department's Inspector General, uh, partly affirmed Kyle's statement. The official could not confirm whether aid abuse was occurring, but assured that his watchdog team was investigating the issue. Quote, you cannot testify that everything is compelling with the law and in-use monitoring. Gates shot back at Storch. If you could testify to that, would you? Democrat Republican Mike Shrill of New Jersey and Joe Courtney of Connecticut jumped in the line of questioning, specifically asking how the U.S. could ensure weapons were not being sold on the international black market. Quote, there are always going to be things you don't know uh, that we are that are happening. There are always going to be things that you don't know are happening and you don't see, Kyle said, but we are not seeing any evidence of systematic diversion of the equipment the United States has provided. Congress has approved over $113 billion in security. Uh, let me read that again so you guys understand what I just said. Congress has approved over $113 billion in security and military assistance to Ukraine since the onset of Russia's February 2022 invasion, including in the packages has been roughly $42 million for oversight effort. The Ukraine Oversight Integrity Working Group created to facilitate the allotment wrote in November news released that it would deliver robust and strategic oversight to hold accountable those who seek to corrupt or abuse these vital programs and activities. Quote, effectively communicating our plan and the result of our work with Congress and the public is key to the success of our oversight mission, the Defense and State Department watchdog stated. However, 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 they still have not released that report. <laughs> I wonder why. You know, Rand Paul, he's, he's a senator from this great state of Kentucky. He got up, and on the last time they passed the bill to send money to Ukraine, he got up and he goes, hey, he goes, I don't mind helping Ukraine. He goes, but I'm not going to, I'm going to vote against this right now because why don't we put and find out, put a committee, put somebody together and watch how they get this money, how they spend it. Because folks, if you don't know by now, this money's not going, this money, this is laundry money. Ukraine is known as one of the biggest money laundering countries in the world. And they're going to try to soak us for everything they get. So they can feed it back into Joe Biden's account, 
you know, uh, there's all kind. It's not just Joe Biden. There's a bunch of Pelosi, you know, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, there's rhinos in there too. Don't ever doubt it. And if we're so good at keeping up and watching what happens to our military equipment and money that goes to other countries, huh? I wonder why we have this next headline. Next headline. U.S. Department of Defense loses track of over $220 billion in equipment. Let's do, let's, let's read that headline one more time. <laughs> Man, U.S. Department of Defense loses track of over $220 billion in equipment. The U.S. Department of Defense often engages third-party contractors to provide a range of services, including intelligence gathering, weapons development, and transportation. A recent report by the Government Accountability Office, GAO, has revealed that the U.S. Department of Defense, one of the largest federal agencies, has acknowledged losing track of over $220 billion worth of equipment that was supplied to military contractors. GOP, and that's right here. That's not in other countries. The U.S. Department of Defense, uh, yeah, let's see here. However, in recent report by the GOA, has revealed, has failed to adequately monitor and account for these assets. The lack of oversight and accountability in the management of government property is cause for concern, particularly given the potential risk to national security that could result from the lapse. Right. So, yeah, so 200, so I wonder how many missiles and machine guns and you know we're talking we're not talking like a couple thousand dollars 220 billion dollars in equipment okay that is crazy 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 according to the report the 220 billion dollars in equipment that the dod has been unable to track is believed to be significantly understated wow the report points to lost equipment as a contributing factor to the agency's inability to balance its books. It's worth noting that the DOD has never passed an audit with the agency only able to account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion wow, in assets during the most recent audit conducted in November of 2022. You still don't think that your current administration is corrupt? Is corrupt? Don't think it's corrupt? No? No? No, not corrupt. No, no. Biden's a good, honest boy. He good. He good church going boy. He good boy. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, let's just keep spending money on stupid stuff. Next headline: <laughs> Pentagon spent over one point five million dollars shooting down harmless balloons, <laughs> including a twelve dollar uh, hobby. Hobby Lobby can balloon. Wow. So <laughs> here we go. Four AIM-9X Sidewinder missiles were used to shoot down the objects over Alaska, Lake Huron, and Yukon region in Canada, each costing around $400,000. In a series of shootdowns that made the headlines for weeks, the Pentagon spent over $1.5 million shooting down unidentified objects some of which were harmless balloons made by hobbyists. <laughs> the cost, as little as a $12, 
straight and launch. The incident began when China's high-altitude balloon entered U.S. airspace in late January, calling the military to respond with force, which led to the frenzy of UFO sightings. Four AIM-9 Sidewinder missiles were used, which cost around $400,000 each, which made, brings the total to $1.5 million. Oh, the publication reported that the total cost was likely even higher due to the additional expenses involving in tracking objects. Despite this, military did not include these expenses in their cost estimates since they considered the flights to be part of their pilot's training and have already budgeted for the flight hours. During a recent press conference, Joe Biden admitted that the military has used sophistical air-to-air missiles to shoot down what they believe were most likely weather balloons. <laughs> As reported by Aviation Week, the Northern Illinois bottle cap balloon uh, bridge a group of hobbyists at a silver-coated Pinot balloon that went missing in almost the exact same location and altitude as one of the UFOs shot down in Yukon Territory. Ron Meadows, the founder of Scientific Balloon Solutions, which makes the balloons for hobbyists, noted that he tried to contact the military and the FBI to educate them on what many of those objects likely were, but was given the runaround. He expressed concern that shooting down harmless balloons could reflect poorly on the military's intelligence. Some commentators speculate that the UFO flap was convenient distraction to bury the story about U.S. involvement in blowing up <laughs> the North Nord Stream pipelines and Biden's administration's failure to address the ongoing disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah, I'd say that was about right. Hey, you know what? What program actually said that President Joe Biden's administration was responsible for blowing up that pipeline? What show was that that said that? What show was the first show? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. This show. Yeah, we reported that months ago. Yeah, but we're just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. You know what it is, man. We just, we're just a bunch of old hillbillies. We sit around here and make stuff up. <laughs> we're not educated in your books and such. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anyways, folks, uh, just, just crazy, 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 crazy. I, I'm just glad the veil's being pulled back and people are starting to wake up and the news is starting to get out there a little bit. Folks, if you don't, if you listen to this show and you enjoy this show, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, we're going to give you the truth. We research it all. If we find out we said something wrong or out of it, we come back and we retract it. You can go listen to past episodes. We've done that since the beginning. Now, I will say this. I prefer you guys to do your own research because I don't want you guys. That's the problem. That's what started all this. That's what started with the fake media, mainstream media, all this, is we got to the point where we just trusted what we've seen and heard on the radio and TV. That's why we're in the shape we are in right now. And we've got to stop that. Got to stop that stuff. Got to do our own research, roll up our sleeves, get a little bit dirty, get in the mud, and play in the mud. All right, last headline of the show. Here we go. Biden's administration urges Congress to renew controversial FISA surveillance program. Ooh, 
Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Director of National Intelligence, Avil Haines, sent a letter to congressional leaders on Tuesday arguing that maintaining Title VI, Parkley's Section 702, is a top legislative priority for the administration. The Biden administration has formally requested that Congress reauthorize the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, a controversial spy program set to expire at the end of the year. At the end of the year. Sorry about that. And let's see. Section 702, enacted in 2008, is used to monitor non-U.S. citizens abroad, but Title VI also contains other sections that concern uh, and protections for surveillance of U.S. personal personnels aboard. Well, this is poorly written. In their letter, Garland and Hines emphasized the critical role of Section 702 in identifying and protecting against national security threats posed by countries such as China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea, including conventional and cyber threats, the Daily Wire reported. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said in a statement that Section 702 is an invaluable tool that protects Americans every day and is crucial to the response to threats from various adversaries. However, privacy and civil liberty advocates have raised concerns about warrantless surveillance and the mass incidental collection of data, including the communications of Americans in contact with a foreign target. Some lawmakers, including both Republicans and Democrats, have also signaled opposition to FISA in its current form. Democrat Representative Primal Japa has called for a meaningful reforms to protect Fourth Amendment rights, while Republican Representative Andy Biggs has sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray demanding answers about backdoor searches, shifting through FISA data, and appeared to have targeted politicians. Garland and Haynes acknowledged in their letter that the Intelligent Community and Justice Department are committed to engaging with Congress on petitional improvements to the authority that fully preserve its efficiency. Members of Congress will have the opportunity to question Garland and Haynes about the FISA program when they appear before key committees in the coming days. Yeah, and that should be interesting. I want to see that. I want to see that. That should be very, very interesting. A lot of uh, a lot of things going on. Listen, let me ask you guys a question. So there is so much talk. Do you guys really think that Ron DeSantis is going to run? for president in 2024. What are your guys' honest thoughts? I personally, I think he's going to run, but I don't think it's going to work. I, I just don't. And I think that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to ruin an opportunity. Cause I said, I think he'd make a good president one day, but now he's got these fake media people coming out and supporting him. That what they're doing is they're trying to plant him so strongly in your mind, our minds, that we don't even think about, about Trump. That's what they want. That's what they want. Let's just be honest about it. That's what they want. They want to put it out. And you know, Mike Pence, he's talking about running in 2024. And they, they did an interview with him the other day. And he's like, I don't know. I can't say if I'll, uh, if I'll support President Trump as the 2024 nominee or not. Okay, well, you're going to show your true colors 
That's going to show your true colors, just to let you know, uh, Mr. Pence. We're going to find out who you really are, because I think everybody wants to know. I think everybody's got their own opinion. I think a lot of people are wondering, really, you know, especially if you read my book, wondering, are you really a good guy in disguise? Or are you really just a rhino, George Bush-loving piece of crap that a lot of people think you are, who unconstitutionally passed and confirmed the electoral votes in 2021? I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know who you are. I'm not just speaking for everyone else. I do not know who you are. Uh, and that bothers me because I used to think that you were a pretty decent person. And I don't think that anymore. I really don't know what to think. I've heard so much. I've read so much. And there's so much conflicting information. He is one of those guys who, you just don't know. You don't know. So Margie Taylor Green, she's a good Republican senator out of the great state of Georgia. She went on to, she made a statement. She's, she's a part of a lot of committees these days. And she said that, let's see, she said that the nation, we need a national divorce to separate red and blue states from each other. Now, they did a poll. Of a thousand voters, thirty-four percent agreed with the Twitter with that Twitter statement. Okay, so she did it on Twitter. We need a national divorce, and fourteen percent who said they strongly agree, and we have fifty-seven percent said they do not agree with that statement. So I kind of agree with it. I do, and, and I'll tell you why. If you're going to if you're going, if you're going to live in these cities that are controlled by the Democratic Party, who want to defund the police, who want you to eat bugs, then, you know, you should be separated from me or my conservative values. What's that mean exactly? What's this divorce mean? Basically, all she's saying is, <laughs> is these governors of these states are so far gone on some of them. They do not want to have any bipartisan laws at all. So, and that was her whole point, which it got blown out of proportion, I think, but that was her whole, her, everything that she was talking about. That's exactly what it boils down to is bipartisan, bipartisan policies, bipartisan works that are only for the common good. If you're an American, I mean, there's nothing wrong with bipartisan laws. As long as you do the right thing. So, yeah, I don't have any problem with what she said whatsoever. Don't get me wrong. She took some heat from me during the uh, the House Speaker vote. I gave her a lot of heat. And I still think she was wrong. But nobody's per none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. I mean, I got emails from some of you all saying, oh, you don't like Margie Taylor Green anymore? You talk all good about her. Oh, I, I still like her. I still like her. I didn't understand the McCarthy thing and leaving Matt Gates and those guys out to dry, but it all worked out in the end. It all worked out in the end, but I still think she was on the wrong side of the ball on that, the wrong side of the ball. But I still think she's a conservative and she's a, uh, she's a good leader, a good leader. So yeah, 
All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your host, the Kentucky guy. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.